okay, let it be known. I'm working hard when I ain't on the phone. This ain't a hunt, this ain't a phone. Grind never stopping up. We are back with another It Needed to Be Said, the best podcast in Miami. Facts. Let me just the say tri- that. Let me, let me just say five. that. I'm gonna just start right there in hey, Miami. Mm. You think just the best podcast in Miami or the best podcast out? The best new podcast, considering we just going to season two and other people been doing it forever. I just feel like we just the best in general because, A, we do it differently from everybody. Facts. B, we interview people who other people don't want to interview. Facts. And three, we got the two best-looking, dark-skinned dudes in the world doing it, man. Chocolatates. Come on, man. So with that being said, yeah. We got my co-host here, Julius. Julius, up, how we feeling, up. man? Man, we feeling you good. Know, you know we're we're in the we're in the trio five. Is that, did I say that right? Trio five. We're in the trio five. If y'all ain't noticed, check out my hat. Check out my shirt. This video is sponsored by Trio Five. Make sure y'all go check that out, man. That's right. That's right. And if y'all if y'all ain't noticed, we got a special guest today. Mm. Y'all y'all know anytime we record, we go always have a special mm. guest. Who we got? I want, I want you to do the intro this time. I, I want to. Let's just change it up. Let I want. I want to say it right. I want to say it. We got the one and only. The one and only. Game bread, street Jesus, Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. The go, V come bro. before the D. There you go. There we gonna you go. get it. That sounded wild. The V come before the D. Come on, man. That wild. <laughs> What's going on, Jorge? How are you, What's up, man? Mister Jorge. How you guys doing, man? Mister Jorge good, in the we building. Good. We good. Great place to be in where Miami. Freaking location is insane, man. It was nuts getting over here. I got a story just getting over here. Right. Uh, spring breaks and shit was already wild, man. It's crazy, man. I think it's Tell us a story. Be electric. Man, it, there was crazy traffic. And uh, we finally, as we moved ahead, there was a dude that had stopped like three lanes. He was completely butt naked. And it looked like police were chasing him, but it was the wildest shit. But it, this is the only shit that happens in Miami and the constant. We see hey, things like that. So what a way to start your spring break. Yeah. Why not wait, wait, wait. and <laughs> run fast? Ass nigga. We got it on video, actually. I have my, my, my homies pull up the video so you guys can see it in a little bit. It was wild, bro. Did Great, he, did he like, drive and get out of his car and then I, just run? He was I just on the highway. No he was, there was cars stopped, and he was just, like, pointing at cars, and there was a squad car, like, 50 feet away from them that just arrived there, I think. They were about this to chase the his ass GTA down. the most GTA shit that I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I got to get the video, man. I need to go to South Beach more. That's crazy. That's crazy. This is crazy. But, Mr. Jorge, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. It needed to be said. I don't know if you know anything about us. Well, my name is Tyreek, American football player, second fastest in the NFL. This is Julius, one of the best lawyers in Atlanta. We just want to say welcome to our show. Wait, wait, wait. But this show is about you. I got a question. What? You said second fastest in the NFL. Yeah, who's the fastest? Right. (laughs) Who are you giving that to? Uh, I don't know who I want to give it to today. Burke trip. <laughs> it's all about building brands, man. There you go. But Mr. Jorge, can you tell us about who you are? You know, where you're from? Just just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Mm. Yes, sir. Uh my name is Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Um born and raised in Miami. My dad's mm. from Cuba. Um he escaped uh Cuba when he was like fourteen and I say escaped because of the regime over there, the communist regime over there. Right. Yeah, yeah. He um he fled the country when he was 14, 15 years old. And my mom's from Peru. Yeah. Uh, she she left Peru as well at a very young age. And they met over here. And like a lot of people just uh, meet Miami. It's like a huge melting pot. Boom. I came out of that. And uh, I was like spit out by the Latin community. Grew up in the Latin community. I didn't speak English till I was like 
11, 12, that was like comprehensible, you know? Right. So um, I consider myself uh, very Miami, very, very like uh, Latin in, in the upbringing, you know? Right. And stuff. And um, shit, man, I guess I would say I'm a God fearing man above everything, you know? First and foremost, definitely fear God. I, I, I've walked with God for a long time since I've been a child. I feel that almost all of my abilities come from God, you know? The gifts that I have. And, uh, Shit. <laughs> I don't know. So, my question is to you is, why choose fighting? Man. Like, like, what was it about fighting to you that it was like, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do with my life. This is how I want to take care of my family. I want to knock people out for a living. Mm. This same is what way, I want to do. Same way, I, I guess somebody will ask you, like, why did you pick football? You know, it's just like it, it, it calls you and you're called to it. It's like we, we call each other fighting the first... I just remember that um, since a young age, I had crazy ADD. You guys saw my son immediately fell in the pool, <laughs> running all over the place. I was just right, like right, that. Right, right. Nothing could grab my attention. Nothing could could settle me down except like Kung Fu movies. Mm. That's what my dad said. So on every Saturdays back then, they used to have these Kung Fu marathons. My dad would give me the snacks, sit me down, mm -hmm. let me run loose. And that would be the only thing to calm me down. And as, as I started to get older, four, five, six, seven, mm -hmm. I already joined like a martial arts of some sort, whether it was karate, boxing, kung fu, anything. Right. And that was the only thing that, that could captivate me, you know? Um, I, I just, no sport like caught my eye. I didn't understand sports very well either, you know? I would look at like a basketball game, I was confused. I, I, I just, nothing, fighting made so much sense. The first thing that I saw in the sport of fighting was boxing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was instantly captivated. MMA didn't come out till I was about nine years old, but I didn't discover it till I was like 10, 11. Mm -hmm. So it was just boxing for me, boxing, right. boxing, boxing. Then this thing called UFC came out. Mm. That's it, my mind was microwave. It was blown out. <laughs> I, I didn't care about nothing else. I'm talking about chicks going to a dance party. I didn't care about nothing, but like I just want to watch these fights. When, right. when is when when and where is the fight? And that's when all I want to do. When and where is the next fight, yeah. man? I'm there. And and once I was like, I'm gonna say 13 is I already had experience in in the sport of, of combat and competitions and, and different aspects of it, whether it was like a striking match or a grappling match. But I hadn't done the full thing yet of, of MMA, which is like everything in once. You know, you're wrestling, you're punching all at once. Right. And um. I, I, as I started training, developing more, and UFC started to get a little bit bigger, I was like, this is what I'm going to do for mm -hmm. the rest of my life. I, I just feel it, you know? And since then on, you know, just training once in the morning, another one in the afternoon, another one at night, and just bam, and that that continued to cycle on till I was like 16, 17 years old. And then I was like, man, I, I got a legit shot. Mm -hmm. I think at doing this, I was, I was in the amateur space, I was kind of like a name in Florida. Right. And the UFC, which is now coming here April 8th, came here 20 years ago, I was 17, about to turn 18, and I wasn't a professional yet, and the UFC comes to town, and it's my first live event. Right. And that's where I know, like, not only can I contend with these guys, because I was there watching it live, mm -hmm. but I knew I could do it for the rest of my life, and here I am 20 years later, still busting faces and, and going to practice, all that good stuff, you know? Crazy, right? <laughs> 20 years later, that's crazy, yeah. man. Like As a so, pro, 20 years a pro. That, yeah, 20 years pro. So you was doing it, like you said, you was already in yeah. involved. Yeah. Now, you, you stated something that I definitely want to touch on, because I'm sure you don't watch the show. We big on family. We big up upbringing and how that upbringing, um, not necessarily how, but what did up, that upbringing, your father with escaping Cuba, the stories and the principles he instilled upon you from him escaping Cuba and your mom coming from Peru, 
being, um, you know, I guess an immigrant, mm-hmm. you know, whatever people want to call it. Um, what did they instill in you that made that you've taken to the UFC with you or just throughout life? Oh, because that's, that's a great. fight within itself to escape Cuba, right? That That's a great question. So at the time, Castro, I just took in power. And for those that don't know, Castro's uh, it's one of the most evil piece of shit dictators up there, you know, mm-hmm. with 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 the Stalins of the world, the Mussolini's, you know, and killed millions of people, killed family members of mine, friends of my family, um, stole numerous property. Back then, if you were a farmer in Cuba and the government came in, they're like, well, we want your cow. So now your cow is ours. You're going to raise it. And if uh-huh. you kill it, we'll put you in jail for 20 years. And then when we cut it up, we're going to give you a small portion of that cow to keep you and your peasant family alive. And that's what they did to everybody that's in how Cuba. This, that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. Now, they'll try to spin the fairy tale around in many different other ways, but the, the communist regime is not for you. It's not for me. It, it's just for them. It's That's crazy. It's the half a percent of people that are eating. There's no pro sports over there. There's nothing. They could have numerous world champion boxers that are paid for life, but you're not allowed to turn pro in Cuba. There, there's mm. no you getting money. The government has to give you money. They make you so reliant on what they give you, and they don't give you shit. So, you know, besides being the fact that Okay, uh, they're going to tell you also your favorite color, what you're going to wear, what you're going to think, what you're going to see on the internet. My dad escaped at 15. Him, his best friend, and his best friend's uh, uncle, they found the tire tractor, and they took that, and they turned it into a raft, raft yeah. and they hit the seas. Now, when they did this, um, their water supply, because what they did is they got these water bottles, and they like filled them up with like stuffing so no water would get in there, and then they tie them up and throw them out in the raft because they didn't really have too much space, you were telling me. Right. So on like day one, the bottles got contaminated with salt water. So they were fucked for like seven days. They were out there. Eventually they got to the Bahamas and from the Bahamas they got extradited to Miami and his life started. So so one thing I knew early on is like, one, this bullshit, man. Ain't nobody just swim across the ocean like that. That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. why, why would you do that? You know, when I'm first hearing this story, like five, six years old and not really knowing the distance, I was like, yeah, maybe he did it, maybe he didn't. As I'm getting older, I'm like, Cuba's a Cuba's not like a, a Cuba's a, you know you're gonna be out there for days on it. It ain't five you know? minutes away. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like nine, ten, eleven. I'm starting to understand. Right. Why? Nah, he didn't do that. That's just that because Cubans like to talk a lot. We're wild, you know, and <laughs> and exaggerate things. You know, I was like, man, that's just my family being Cuban. And then sure enough, all my family members are like, no, this is real deal, Holyfield. This is the don't fuck around. You know. And I was like, why? Why, why would a man risk his life like that? Why, when he was 14, 15 years old, his whole life ahead of him, would he do that? Thank about and the future, bro. Mm-hmm. That's when I came to find out why, how how evil this government was, how much fucked up shit it did to, to not just my family, but everybody that was in that island. My other aunt, um, so there's a there's a base, American base in Cuba called Guantanamo Bay. I don't know if you guys ever heard yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you get to Guantanamo Bay, back then there used to be some privileges where... where you know, it was kind of like a safe haven for some people or if you could get there. So what Cuba did was between Cuba and this Guantanamo base, they rigged it with landmines. Mm. And my aunt actually crossed crawled, crawled across the thing and one of the landmines blew up, blew her titty out. So mm. she only got one titty, Biggie small. And, uh, Bro, you can't make a joke. <laughs> what do you call it? I was trying to laugh. You can't make a joke. <laughs> so she was crossing over. Thank God, you know the the Marines came on over and, and they helped her out from the American side, and she lived and she's still alive to this day. And if you put a, a camera, a phone, anything in her face, she'll tell you how how even this government was. So these are the individuals that I, I grew up with, shaping right. my mind, shaping my thoughts on how Bro. freedom should work, on how government should exist. 
how we should all treat each other and see each other, you know? And they would always tell me these horror stories about how Cuba was very united. And then as soon as the communists came in, it was divide and conquer. And it's a lot of those tactics that they try to use now, I think, in America, like, just uh -huh. divide us because that's the only way to conquer us, you know? Facts. And it, it's crazy because we, we see a lot of it now, you know? So since since then, growing up, I was like, damn, that's crazy, you know? And uh, and my mom had a very hard life. My dad got incarcerated when I was uh, four years old and he got out when I was 22. Mm. So my mom was... was he spent a minute in that yeah, day. he spent a minute, you know? He did 18 years uh, on the federal level. And before that, he had done five, but I wasn't alive yet. So his life was a little harder than, than a lot. You know, he got here at 14, 15 years old. They sent him straight to the projects and he didn't know nobody, didn't have no family, nothing. So his, his life was a little different, you know. So my mom was just like working hard to make ends meet. And I remember she'd have like two jobs. Mm -hmm. And then at night she would um make these beads, like Mardi Gras-like beads. Mm -hmm. And she'd ship them out to like the companies, you know, that, that was mm -hmm. her job. So at nighttime, I'd be sleeping like on the couch. We were staying like at my aunt's house and I would see my aunt. I was like three, four years old. I would see my mom, my aunts like doing these beads and it's late huh? as hell at night and I couldn't sleep because I'm like in this fucked up couch and I'm waking up. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. And then she's going to drop me off at school. And then she says she goes to this thing called the job again. Like, why does she work so much and stuff, you know? And as I got older, especially as I started getting more involved in the sport, she didn't even have to tell me. I just knew like, if you want to be good at something, well, you better fucking just do it. Easy. If somebody's better than you at it, well, you better do it even fucking more. Right. You know, there's, there's no, like, it, especially... It's crazy. Us starting from dead zero, like, we... My mom didn't even qualify for food stamps because we didn't have, like, the paperwork for it and stuff. Right, so She right, was, like, right. an immigrant, you know? Right. Um, I was the only citizen, so I would just see my mom just get after it, you know? My dad, I grew up thinking that uh, he was in the army. My mom had told me, she didn't want to tell me at first. It wasn't until I was, like, 13 years old, 12 years old. Right. And she's like, he's in, he's in jail. That's why you haven't seen him this whole time. She's like, nah, he's in the army. And, you know, he's traveling the world. He's a little busy right now. So I grew up actually hating my dad, you know? I was like, fuck, we're... We're dead broke, and I see these fucking army movies. These motherfuckers got money, you know? They got money. We, like, Why don't we got anything? Right. They national like, heroes. Right. We don't got shit. Me? We don't got nothing. We don't, we don't, this will fuck this motherfucker. And then he's trying to call me and talk to me. Like, every time I talk to him, I'm like, yeah, what's up? No, we're broke. My mom's hungry. I'm hungry. We, we don't got shit, you know? And I grew up hating him. It wasn't until that moment that she told me, now your dad's Crazy. actually not in jail. I mean, in, in the army, he's actually in jail. And mm -hmm. uh, that's it, you know? After that, I went to meet him, best friend since incident. And he would just, you know, now now it was a different conversation because at first I, I was just like, man, you Trying do to your push own thing. Away. Yeah, 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 I didn't really care. Once once we like met up and we like had that physical contact to this day, we're, we're best friends. And um, he just instilled in me a lot of the principles of, of why he fled Cuba. And then son don't ever end up in here, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, since a young kid, you know, um, sometimes you don't have that, that guiding father figure you get to a certain age where you can't tell, I can't tell you nothing already. You're, you might be right. 15 years old, but you're like full grown man already. Nobody right. can tell you shit. You know, right. my dad already knew that. And he was just a master psychologist. He'd be like, I get in scraps at school and I'd be telling the next day plan, like, bro, these guys jumped me and they beat my ass behind the school. It was like, three of these motherfuckers, I'm going to go stab this dude. I'm going to be like, yeah, you could do that. Cool, cool. I'm not going to tell you no. But if you get caught, <laughs> put your ass in here. <laughs> you don't be here. You can do it, but get where you're going to get. Right you know, do your thing, but... No, see, no, you don't get no TV time here, you know? And probably when you finally do get TV time, the other 20 guys might not want to watch what you want to watch. You know, the food here sucks. And he would, like, 
break down everything to me in a way that a 13, 14 year old kid could understand. And I'd be like, West, like, fuck. You know why I ain't taking that knife to school? Don't worry about it, bro. You're right. You're right, bro. <laughs> Talk about the character. Well, as far as your parents, the development that they had to go to. And I was just talking to a friend about this, mm-hmm. talking to like one of my buddies about this, about how movies, how they have this character development. When mm-hmm. in like men movies where Black Panther, he had to go through character development to actually mm-hmm. learn how to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. And for his parents, they they kind of had to learn the same thing. How how they had to go through so many trials and tribulations to sacrifice for their like for a better life in the future. Mm-hmm. Crazy how special parents are, bro. Oh, yeah. and, and, like I, I love I love my parents to death, man. Mm-hmm. And I like man, you we we kind of have a similar lifestyle. You know, I I didn't have a dad, you know. But I was raised by my grandparents, though. You feel me? So mm-hmm. me being able to have that avenue right there helped me, sh- help shape me into the the young man I am today. So oh, yeah. very thankful for my grandparents. Have grandparents or, or parents? It don't, it don't, it don't matter, man. As long as you get are, raised the right way. Right, right. So you know, they definitely shaped who you are today. The principles that you have, and that's a crazy story with your dad, like. Escaping Cuba. That's crazy. You on know, a, on yeah. a tire from a tractor. That's crazy. Right. The ingenuity that he possessed at such an early age um, and having to leave family behind. Um, All his family. Everybody. Right. right. But once he got he was out. the first one to, to make it from Cuba. He had about five brothers. Mm-hmm. All of them had tried to escape and had been caught. Right. sentence you get caught trying to escape it's like 30 days 60 days so all his brothers and in, in, in uh his sister never attempted but all his brothers that were older than him all had attempted right never gotten away him on his first try got away and it was just more more than anything he'll tell you was like luck you know yeah. but it was just still mind-blowing or like, god you know yo it was just meant for him to be over here it was just meant for him to be over here that was his purpose mm-hmm. exactly and then you after him the, the the family that was over there was like man we could do it too he mm-hmm. made it, you know, and then eventually they, they all started coming. But he was here by his damn self his whole life, you know. Crazy. And a lot, uh, for one, a lot of people don't know what food stamps is. So America, <laughs> if yeah. you don't, you, you around our age, food stamps used to come in booklets. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have little food stamp debit cards yeah. back they in the day. They had them little EBT cards, right? They had the, the booklets that you get in the mail. I'm sure you yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And you flip through them, so they will pay for like the brown one dollar. I think the green five, the red ten. Just like you playing Monopoly, right? So we know all about it. But the that was a um, day to go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, back then, you know, even how was that? I know how I felt having to go to the store, spending food stamps. How you felt like that ain't we we? I remember. Or did did we even really know at that age that hey we don't really have didn't care, we bro. know we're poor, but I just I mean it's still my, money. I just wanted but, to pick up fruit roll ups. I was happy. <laughs> I was. I ain't care. By like nine ten, I was like. Yeah, man, we're not we're not doing like everybody else, cause like these kids got like clothes and like shoes. What you mean you got three pairs of shoes? That's crazy, right. bro. I've had right. the same shoes for like three years, bro. That's <laughs> fucking nuts. Jeez, the fuck's wrong, you know? And then I started to like, all right. And then a lot of my friends that were like full American, like on both sides, so they had the food stamps. So I used to tell my mom, like, try to put her up on game, like, bro, why don't we got this? Sh-? The government's giving out shit, lady. Come on, you gotta sign up to these programs. And my mom's like, we tried already. We can't get it though. Right, like, right, what? Right. And then we did get it for like a little bit, I remember. And then uh, I don't know what happened that it got taken off like about a year later. But that two years, year and a half that we had, it was like the best going to the grocery right. store. I, I remember that because I know when it would come in, right. it was like the time to hit up my mom. Like, yo, the Lunchables right here. Yeah. This is <laughs> what everybody's but, eating but, at school. But you know what's crazy, though, bro? I'm some like 
Like as a kid though, I used to be like pissed off. I didn't have all the fancy shoes. I didn't have all the fancy clothes. But now, but now I'm like, it don't matter. You know, I'm kind of glad I grew up that way. Facts. You feel me? Because Makes the person I am today, bro. Right. Like how hungry I am to be more successful than anybody where I'm from, or you know, trying to get better than the next person that that who they think better than me. You feel me? Like. Right. My parents instill something crazy in me, and I don't know what it is. You feel me? On um, how great I can be. You feel right. me? So, I'm 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 proud to say my mom spent spent food stamps on us every month, two hundred fifty dollars. I used to be sweating though, bro. I ain't even gonna lie, cause we stayed off College Park Drive by Dairy Queen, um, and you know that area behind How Tower. You know people had a little money in that area. We ain't had that money, so our house was smaller. You know what I'm saying? You might get the cross trainer shoes for school. You might have one or two pairs. Just me at Walmart you know? and one. Right. So, nah, I ain't go that far. I bought some Voights, though. I got a child support check. I don't know if you remember Voights. And they had the joints that looked like Jordans. Uh-huh. And I went and got them. You couldn't tell me nothing but that. Once they saw that big V on the back, boy, I was a target. But, you know. I, I, it's over with, man. I look at it like you said. Like, it seemed like all three of us got similar. I, I had a mom. You know, uh, my dad was in Florida, but the upbringing that we all went through instilled that that go harder than the next that person driving the next us person, bro. to where even if we don't win this or we don't get that, keep we going. still toughening you. We keep still battling you. We're going to keep going. Bro. There's nothing you can do that's going to physically or mentally break us because it's a high power at work and everything that we do and everything, like you said, it, it happens for a reason and that's your purpose in life. Trust me, trust me. That was plenty of times where I used to be pissed off I didn't have the most fanciest J's. I was like, damn, these kids come to school and they first day outfits and here I am wearing the same clothes I used to wear last year. Right. But, oh well, here I am today. Gotcha. Amen. Gotcha. Amen. Gotcha. You Appreciate it. Giveaways coming up, y'all, so pay attention. Julius, you remember this hat? Absolutely. I'm doing a giveaway with Pristine Auction. Julius, please tell the kind folks who Pristine Auction is. The most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction site ever. Read. Tell them how to enter the giveaway, how to win that hat, and other sign authentic sports items. All you have to do is sign up to pristineauction.com using the registration code CHEETAH to be entered to win a signed item by me. Auctions on pristineauctions.com start at $1 each day. And there are thousands of signed items available. So you win authentic signatures at affordable prices. They work with the most trusted authentication companies in the industry to ensure that all items offered are 100% authentic. Use registration code CHEETAH to save $10 on your first purchase. And don't forget to follow them on social media at Pristine Auction for more. You want to win this hat? Right here, all you have to do is sign up on pristineauction.com using my registration code CHEETAH to be entered. Sign up now. Let's go, baby. Fins up. Julius, do you ever get stressed about buying football tickets for the football season? Absolutely. You know why? Because buying tickets to the Miami Dolphin games are absolutely insane. They've been insane ever since you got traded there, man. So this year, are you using the game timeout? I got to. I'm going to the Patriots. I'm going to the Giants. I'm going to Germany. I got to use the game time map. And you know why I use it? Because Cheetah ain't going to give me no tickets, y'all. So y'all get in his inbox and get on him. And also I'm using it because of that flash deals, last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get your images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. 
Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through all those emails. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHEETAH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use redeem code CHEETAH for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Boom. I was just a hungry motherfucker, bro. Right. I didn't like. I didn't. I wasn't so much in the fashion yet, so I could. I could. I wasn't the best dressed, but I really didn't give a fuck, you know. Right. So I was at every breakfast for for the you know the free breakfast, Facts. and I'm the only dude you knew in high school, middle school that had all the lunches. You saw me at all the periods I was there. Said, yeah, you all know, the lunches. At first period, set. Whatever, no matter what lunch period you had, you saw me there because I was at all the lunch periods. Y'all was on block schedule. We had the block scheduling Man, for a little bit. Fool. <laughs> yeah, and then we had the, the regular one, but I had everybody's uh lunch code. All my homies that didn't want the free lunch, like, you're going to eat today? You don't want the free lunch? Okay. <laughs> Put it in the so thing. So what would you do with it? Would you just eat, eat at it. school or take it home too? Eat it. Okay, you ain't never take anything home. Nah, I'd eat, smash up everything. Just smash it right there, bro. We're hungry. Yeah, when I and I was already training a good, you know, nowhere, nowhere how it is as I got older, but do like a little workout in the morning, get a nice run in the morning, maybe wrestling practice. A lot of times we had it early in the morning, Mm -hmm. starving after that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then another midday practice, not not midday, like right after school, we'd have like another wrestling practice where I'd go to the boxing club, and then at night I'd have one. So I was just crushing calories. So hunger was like my. That's thing, crazy, man. I got to so, ask, though, because I hear all of this, you know, training that you went through as a child, karate, you watching the kung fu joints. So you already going to the dojo training. Yeah. You practicing grappling yeah. with professionals, obviously. No, the, the grappling, I didn't I wouldn't say I, I came into serious grappling until about like. Uh, I would say high school was the first time that I. It was very organized. It was the, the high school wrestling team. Right. And I immediately was drawn to that because I knew that my my gift, my my calling is my hand and my hand speed, especially as a, as a kid, I had above average like hand speed compared to everybody in the ring. It didn't matter what mm-hmm. their background was. I always had it and the guys would always tell me like, man, you're fast, keep it up, stay in the sport. So I knew that was my thing, but that meant shit right. if I can't keep the fight on the feet. Right. Mm. If I can't stop you from taking me down, it doesn't matter how fast my hands were. So I knew that I had to wrestle, you know? So I, I had been, in boxing since like seven, eight, nine years old. But the wrestling really like around 13, 14 is when I started to like dive hard in it. Right. And uh, in high school, I didn't have the grades to compete, man. So I, I couldn't wrestle, but I I was there. I was in the practices constantly, you know? Gotcha. That's crazy, man. So talk about the wrestling, because I wrestled once, bro. And the kids slammed my back <laughs> out so hard, bro. Like, I don't even think this move was legal. Like, can they pick you up over the head and then slam you down? Bro, got power balls. Bro, like. Down first and then slam you. Bro, like. I'm like, bro, like. Because, like, you know how the coach is trying to get. you above his head and slam. Bro, so, like, you know how coaches try to get all the athletes to join the team. Like, bro, you'll be good, bro. You quick, you fast. They want you to do everything. Can't nobody mess with you. You're going to win state. Right. I'm like, oh, win state? Come in there. That's how they get you. I must have went to practice, man. That white kid put me on my head so quick, boy. He ain't see me no more. I was like 15. Yeah, yeah. See, you started late too. Cause late? Wrestling, yeah. Wrestling, uh, you start like five, five, they five, six, six, seven. Yeah. They're wrestling in there all the time. No wonder my son, yeah, because I, I got one of my sons in wrestling right uh, now. One of the best sports to have him in. It, it shows him so much to like, 
deal with adversity on a different level, you know? Because right. you're going to find a guy that's stronger, that's faster than you, all this stuff. And, like, there's only one way to break him down. Sometimes it's wrestling. It's just sheer will. So I think I got my son in wrestling as well. And I don't want him to fight or nothing. Right. But I just think as, like, a life thing, like, you learn For to sure. hit a wall and then push through that wall, you right. know? So it's a great thing to have your son. Well, I must have had that wall then. So who was it? You don't remember? I don't remember who I it was. I want to find out who it was. He probably remember who it is. Because you he put you above his head and bammed you out. Bro. Like I got mad. I tried to fight him. <laughs> I know. That's why I keep pushing it. I know you try to fight him. So I try to throw blows. So the backyard fighting, you got all this training. And you know, we talked about him. We see YouTube. You used to fight behind uh the home the big guy, Kimbo. My homie, man, rest in peace. Um, RP, man. Street fighting, like that dude put me on. Um, I always like take take the time because uh, I was just some fucking street punk, bro. I was just a kid from the street. We happened to both be at the same gym. I was um, seventeen ish, eighteen ish, and uh, Kimbo's training at the same gym, and he had seen how I moved around and stuff. And uh, his guy that uh, that always handled uh, all his stuff, Icy Mike, and um. You're, you're young, but I know you got to remember. Back then, to YouTube. No, but you said we were the you same see the age. Gray hat? What you trying to we, say? We're the same age, you said, man. <laughs> you remember <laughs> when YouTube, when I'm YouTube came you. out? How old are you? 37. 38, man. Oh, shoot. Stop, I didn't know you was that old. Keep keep pushing, brother. Oh, that old man. Man. Let me get that Beijing in. Let me get that dot in. <laughs> Kimbo, Kimbo came into the gym, and um, first it was like mind-blowing. Because back then, the, the reason why I was saying about the age is, Kimbo was like the first YouTube star. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, for, for, for sure. He he was on, it was like maybe Michael Jackson had like a million videos. I mean, a million views on a video. Kimbo had like 40 million, 30 million. Yeah. I didn't even understand these numbers. Like, what the fuck's going on? Every, it was just Kimbo. Kimbo used to get out of that Escalade. Kimbo movement. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and he did the same thing when he first pulled up to the gym. That we, I had heard rumors that he was going to come train at this gym that I was training. I was like, mm-hmm. I wait around all day for this dude. Right. Sure enough, he showed up out of the, the limo, opened it full of smoke. Kimball gets out, he's got his chain on, puts it on his boy, starts training, working out. You know, he was like the coolest dude. And he stayed there for about six to eight months. And um, during that time, his manager spoke to a couple of my coaches, like, hey, that young guy, man, he's not bad. You know, maybe he'd want to find the backyard. And they tell me about it. And I was like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. All, all day, you know. Back then, though, the operation was very illegal so it was very hush hush on the low nobody knew to the day of you got message the location like 20 minutes before and right. that's it so they come up to me like hey you're interested in fighting i was like for sure so boom i see mike gets my number his people get my number all right we'll be in contact cool three months passed by nothing right i'm like this dude's yeah, just I'm playing, shit, man. Mm-hmm. they're just talking shit man because i'm skinny I'm fucking young and shit, and they're getting all these other motherfuckers, man. I'll fuck them all up, man. And I'm pissed, and I get a call. Yo, yo, you still about, you still want to fight? Hell yeah. All right, um, within two weeks, the guy's like 190, 180. Bullshit, the guy was like 220. I was like, yeah, yeah, whoever it is, let's go, let's go. Boom, we hang up. About 10 days have gone by. I haven't gotten a word or nothing. Two weeks, something like that. I was at McDonald's this ordering my food. And get the call. Hey, we're going live today, bro. Can you be here, Martin Luther King Boulevard and blah, 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 within like two hours? I was like, yeah, I I can make that happen. Cool. I'm not eating now, obviously. I'm about to go scrap out. We get in the whip. I go with a couple of homies over there. We get over there. And uh, they're like, hey, Kimball's going to go first because he wanted to see your fight. So he's going to go first. I was like, oh, hell yeah. 
So Kimbo fought first. Yeah, Kimbo fought first. And it's the one, it's behind the laundromat, and there's hundreds of people outside. And uh bro, Kim- it's like some Def Jam bro, shit. This is crazy. Yeah, Kim- right. Kimbo was the, the wildest thing, bro. This guy always like blew my mind. So I'm like warming up already for like 20 minutes, you know, like punching, stretching, right. you know, the usual thing. Kimbo really rolls up in the escalate, opens the door again, and just like I said earlier, a bunch of smoke pops out. He jumps out with his big ass chain, he gives it to Icy Mike, immediately starts fighting. Knocks a dude out. He fought some like six foot five fucking huge jack motherfucker in the laundry mat. Knocked his ass out, right? So as he's fighting, there was maybe like crazy. There was maybe like 10 to 20 people, right? right? By the time he was done fighting, it was literally like 300 people. Because everybody knew Kimball. So everybody's just coming out. Oh my God, Kimball's here. Minds right. are blown. The Kimball's right in front of him. They're fucking freaking out. Next is me and Buddy, right? right. And uh, the dudes come up to me and say, like, hey, this dude wants to fight somebody else before you, though. I was like, what? The same dude you fought? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, this dude was yeah, right yeah, him. Yeah. He fought, he fought another guy before me and he knocked him out like in five seconds, literally. Like they got in front of each other, boom, hit him. He fought like some jacked ass dude, you know? And then he saw me, the little skinny guy. He's like, oh, bro, leave that guy for last. He's gonna easy be work. Easy work. You he know, tried, I get the big know? dude. Bop, laid that guy out. So while I'm going to like keep warming up, my coach is like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go watch him real quick and then I'll come back, give you the scoop. Comes back within like a minute. He's like, He's got a killer right hand, bro. Stay away from his right hand. He's like, my guy's freaking the fuck out. He's like, bro, he's got a killer right hand. I'll be, bro, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'm he's like, no, man, maybe I, I don't know. We should take the fight. I'm like, we'll be all right, bro. And I went in there, and, man, we threw blows. And, and eventually, I broke him down and got him, you know. And, right. um, and then we did the, the second one again. And for the second one, he dropped a lot of weight. So the first one, he was like 220, right. something like that. And I was real light back then. He used to be like 165, 170. Right. So for the second weight, I wanted to put on weight, and he lost weight, actually, so his cardio could be better. So we're a little closer on the second one. The second one was in, a, a, like, actually not far from, like, a neighborhood where I grew up in, and it was, like, one of Kimbo's uh, friends' houses, and we just went in the backyard, threw down. That was a much smaller setting, maybe, like, 50, 60 people only there, but it was still, like, epic, man. It was it was some good fights, and then right coming after those fights, like, which I'm sure I want to ask you, like, before you go pro, you have that moment where you're, like, yeah, I could do this, bro. This is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've always been a cocky motherfucker, though. <laughs> no, but there, is there that one time where you were like, you know what? Uh, where you were, you knew you wanted to play ball, but you know, like, it, like life reassured it to you. Like, no, 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 I wanted to play, but I know I could play at the right. top level, you know? Oh, yeah, probably like my first game uh, at Oklahoma State, my very first game, I had this guy from Juco. Signed with Oklahoma State, my first game against Florida State. I had a great game, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I can be real good at this. And then I can even be in the 1%, you know, because there's a difference in being in the 1% and then just being in the NFL. Yeah. The 1% is, like, different. That's, those are the guys that are, like, different, not, different. Not but then you, you just got guys. Born with it, you have to work for exactly, it, Exactly, you know? exactly. So, yeah, I, I definitely had that moment. Right. That at the first Oklahoma game, or particular play, or just after the game? It's just the whole game, man. Like just, just like the buzz around that game. Like this good dude can be top five drafted, and just like all the stuff that was coming at me at one time. You yeah, feel yeah. me? But I was just a kid, just playing a game, dog. I was just having fun, like yeah. anything that I do in life, bro. You feel but, me? So, but you knew then though, that you could take it to the next level. Like, oh, yeah. I'll take this shit to. The I can real take it shit. to the next level, yeah. and I can be one of the best that yeah, ever yeah. do it. You feel me? Yes, sir. So, but this backyard fighting though, this is like I used to grow up watching this, bro. Like Kimbo, 
Like yeah, fighting, bro. Have you ever seen the video of Kimbo fighting that swole dude who's just punching him? That, like this? That's what I, I. I think you fought that day, didn't you? Did you fight that day? It was like the, in a backyard. My buddy, I was like oh, really no, jacked no, 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 up. No, I didn't. That like, was in the beginning. That's when it all started. Yeah. I was I, in. Uh, that was crazy. Yeah, bro. I didn't know Kimbo yet. Yeah, dudes, I. I Did I, you see his eye? Bro, yeah, that's what. That's what like one of my favorite Kimbo videos. I'm yeah. sure, bro. Can't see out there. Bro, it was like day, hyping bro. dude up. Yeah, and he let Buddy hit him. He's like, oh, come on, take some shots. Da, da. That's all you got? That's all you got? Ain't no da, way, bro. Da, da. Hey, I, I'm going to be honest. Hey, I'm, I'm dude, fighting. Bro. RIP, bro. I'm not running from anybody. I'm not scared of anybody. If somebody just stand there and let me rap, rap off of like a five or six piece and he say it's over, I'm running. Oh, it's over for you. I'm running. Oh, it's it's I'm, I'm, I'm a fake injury or something. So like, you're going to pull not, a Jake Paul and run. I'm not. <laughs> it, <laughs> that was in Miami. I'm not continuing the fight so you're gonna at pull a Jake all Paul after that. Like. So when Buddy continued that, it was like, and if y'all haven't seen it, go watch his video, man. It's crazy. I'm sure a lot of Buddy, people Buddy, boom, seen he thought, and you hear the licks landing for the most part, and he say this shit over. And bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. No gloves, just bare knuckle. Yeah, he said, crazy, this bro, shit man. is over, yeah. and Buddy continued to try to fight. At that point, I was like, that's what, like Buddy ain't got no kids. That's he what probably got nothing to else to live into, for. Bro. Huh? Yeah, that's when YouTube was fun, bro. Like when oh, you could yeah. just get on wild, YouTube yeah. and type in Kimbo name, and yeah. all these bike backyard fights would just pop up. That was right. that was when YouTube was live, bro. Now, bare knuckle backyard. And, you owe some championships. Bare fighting. knuckle, don't you? Don't you bare, bare, bare knuckle champ? Aren't yeah, you? yeah. No, no, no not, not me. I only had those those backyards. I own a promotion of bare knuckle fighting. Okay. Uh, Gamebred FC, where mm. where um. It's it's professional. It's all rules. You you can't do like eye pokes and like that. But the only thing we do is we take out the gloves, so you still get to wrap your hands, so you don't break them. But now, what happens is the the finishes go through the roof, right? Because uh -huh. I, I could cut you faster, I could right. knock you out harder, and uh -huh. the submissions are easier to put on because you don't have these big clunky gloves that people could grab and all that stuff. So a lot the the finish rate goes right through the roof, you know. Right. So which do you enjoy more, though? Me. If we're going to get to some of your fights, no, to, no. To watch or do? No, to do. To like do, no, gloves, gloves. I, I got, like, man, throughout the years of the sport, my hands ain't the same, you know? Like, right. like th okay. those uh, those yeah. two fights that I, that I did with Ray in, in the backyard, and, and Ray was a beast, man. That's the dude that I fought in the backyard. I hit that guy with everything that I had at that moment. Like, I, mm -hmm. it, I to me, it's kind of like, like how you talk about playing football. Like, you just want to be the greatest, and it's a game. It's nothing personal. When I'm fighting these dudes, as much as I want to break his face, there's nothing personal after it. You know, I just I shake your hand right after. We smoke a joint, whatever, you know. Like, I, it, it's not like that. But at that moment, when the switch turns on, I'm trying to kill you. Best. Right. You know, I'm, just, I'm trying to kill you because it's, it's what we got to do, right? You want right. to score 100 points. And how I score 100 points is by breaking somebody's face, you know. Right. And, and a lot of people sometimes get that misconstrued that they think, like, oh, you're just like a mean motherfucker all the time like i am when it's that moment i'm the meanest motherfucker anybody's ever seen right but but at that moment you know so um i was giving ray everything i had and and after especially the second fight i, I fractured this hand my hands were just wrecked and i remember i was like i don't think i could ever do this shit again man it's crazy right. bro and i hit that dude with everything i had and he, he just didn't go down i never got to knock him out he quit both times because of the accumulation of punches right you know and back then i was more of a like a first and second base hitter i wasn't a home run hitter right you know so um that means i would have to punch a lot you know right and my hands were just wrecked man like every day i just had to ice you know it, it was like two three weeks of two three times a day just put my hands in, in like a pot of water and ice and just there if not i couldn't That's even crazy. do right. like a light jog because the pain would be too much you know right all right. So my so my question is to you though, 
since you've been older in the sport, do you get like looked upon, you know, by like the younger crowd? Oh, definitely. By like guys who who are much younger than you. Definitely, definitely. Um, Especially in in this sport, it's like uh, you keep what you kill, you know. Right. So, you know, in, in football, maybe somebody could line up with you. Maybe you don't have the best day, and they maybe covered you a little bit that day. The numbers still show you're ten times better than this guy. Just that one. Game, maybe, you know, yeah. you stayed up too late. You, you had an allergy to some shit you ate. Who knows, right? In, in fighting, though, I could you could have done all this great stuff, and this guy's like, whatever. But if on that night you fight that whatever guy beats you, mm-hmm. it's like, damn, man, that, that's crazy setbacks. And for this dude, he goes through the roof. So always, everybody that will come into the sport, they're always going to call the, the, the upper enchilada guys out, you know, because it's just like their way for them to break through and, and shine their name, you know. So they're always calling me out, but um, I only signed up to the sport to do two things. When, when I decided, like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, was to get the biggest paychecks possible per fight or to fight the mm-hmm. baddest motherfuckers in the world. Like, th- that's it. I didn't want to know in between. Like, if it's fighting some bum dude and I'm not getting paid, it's cool, man. I just train. I, I, I'll say to myself, nah, if I'm going to fight either a badass or get paid, sign me up all day. So a lot of these dudes, they call me out or or they look past me. I, I Give a fuck less about that. So I'm not trying to count your pockets, but what's the most you what's the most you ever done made from a fight? From a fight, um, the most I say right around five M's. Mm. Total one five fight. M's. And that ain't a bad night. Yeah, that's a great. Not a bad night. <laughs> that ain't a bad, bad night. night. You do the twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right, Jeez. right, right. So, so does that include insurance and? Other, no, other no, no, no. So, so we we the UFC takes care of us to to an extent with um with medicals, right? So if anything happens to you at the fight or in preparation for the fight, we're very well taken care of. And even after the fight in in the gym, anything that happens in the gym related, we're very well taken care of. But um we we don't have like insurance aside of that or like a dental plan. But anything that happens related to fighting or training, they take full care of it. I don't think any insurance company would actually insure it, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, do you know what the premium you know. would be on that? Because yeah. you're going to have injuries. Like, insurance Left companies right. going to continually pay out, mm-hmm. pay out, pay out. Exactly. That policy, that premium, Dana White didn't have to pay every year would be insane. Insane. So I hate to be the one that do it, but don't try to fight me. <laughs> How is it going to sleep in the fight? Because when I, I pass out at your house, you remember? <laughs> <That's crazy. This laughs> I'll dude, tell this story. This dude passed out. <laughs> we are just sitting outside talking. I, I looked to my left. It, Go back to my right. He on the ground. It's, like, it's, it's, it's more to the story. So, <laughs> this is Casamigos. Uh, no, 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 no. Super, super sober. But we had we had a lot going on that day. We hot. had been out in the sun. It, it was, was hot. It was probably bro. 90 Florida, degrees. Florida weather. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was, was in Miami. We were down here in Miami. Yeah, here you get dehydrated, man. The humidity here is just like nowhere else, man. And that's what it was. Yeah, I yeah. was severely dehydrated. He had that white stuff in the corner in my mouth. No, he did. Yeah, that boosted stuff. That boosted mouth. But no, I was, man, I was severely dehydrated. And we had been out all morning. He was doing some content and stuff. And I was sitting there. We was talking about something. And then I woke up. I woke. I, so I, how is I could, it? I still couldn't tell. So you how what is it, it getting knocked out? Though. Right. Like, how is that like? Because I know what that was. Is, is it a window? Like, yeah. say for instance, somebody choking you out. Is that different from getting knocked out? Way different. Way different. Kind of feels the same. You know, physiologically, what it does to your body, the impacts are different. So if you go to sleep, right? I if I put somebody in a chokehold, and right when they go to sleep, I let them out. Nothing happens to you. 
like no, nothing's wrong. Just the air supply was cut to the brain. You go to sleep. It's not like you're you're. I'm gonna wake up though, right? Yeah, you're gonna wake up just fine. You'll be like, oh, what happened? And <laughs> you didn't even feel it, you know, like because it happens. Um, if they do it right, I just cut out the blood here. I just cut out the blood here. And yeah. That's it. Boom, you wake up. The hit when you get knocked out from a hit, your body does receive it a different way your brain even though i might not be hurting or whoever it is your brain had to take all that shock the impact you might have something fractured or broken on your face so on, on that level it's different but both of them it's kind of like oh shit for real i got put to sleep you know right um <laughs> I, i'll explain a knockdown the difference between that and a knockout a knockdown is like somebody turned off the lights in the room yeah and then when they turn them back on you're sitting on your ass you know yeah a, you you don't really feel it. it's just the lights go off, they turn stunned. it back on, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The knockout, though, man, you could be out there for a minute, you know? Right. It means the lights didn't turn back on. They hit you, and you stayed out there for a minute, stiff. Neither of them hurt, you know? Right. Because you just, at that moment, you don't feel it. Maybe when you, when you finally come to, like, 20 minutes later, you're like, damn, right. dog, buddy. Bro, I seen hard, a dude you know? get knocked out, bro. He he was snoring, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah put the sleep. real life sleep, bro. That's, that's scary, crazy. bro. crazy. Yeah. Cause I, I know I know like you said when I man I ain't what do you feel when you wake up Cause I know when I woke up I think you was over me that Dude, man look, let me tell you what he did I thought I, I was, was in to, prison I was bro to help him out. he was like bro what you doing yeah yeah like, like, bro, I'm like, trying to help you out you <laughs> you, you, know, just, you just fell out never bro. passed out well, I have but in that situation you wake up you talking we having a conversation yeah we was just having a conversation like and we just talking and that's like I know I got. Two, three people over me. I'm like, hey, I ain't in prison. I ain't with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell are y'all doing? And he was like, he went straight paramedic mode. So they definitely hats off to you, bro. Went straight lifesaving to me. I'm like, yo, what you doing? He like, bro, lay down, relax. Right. Boom, boom, boom. I know what I thought. So what do you think when you wake up? It's like lights back on. What happened? You know, I uh, I was in the tournament like 14 years ago for Bellator, mm -hmm. and um. So I was in this one more fight away from the finals mm -hmm. and just getting to the finals guaranteed me a much larger sum of money at that time. So losing at this stage was like not the stage to lose. I, I won right. the first fight and I was a minute and a half from winning this fight mm -hmm. on all the Georgia scorecards. And then I got choked out in this move I had never seen before. I didn't I didn't I had seen this move, but nobody would get choked from this move. So I didn't give that move the respect that I should have. I was like, you can't get choked out from here. Mm hmm. So the individual had me, and I was like, oh, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to slam this guy. And I want to pick him up to slam him in the next week. They put my ass to sleep. Bang. And when That's I woke crazy. up, that was the first time I had been put to sleep like that in a competition. So, like, the chest, my, my chest was getting rubbed by the ref, and he was, like, trying to bring me to, like, hey, you okay? And nothing happens to you when, when, when they catch you like that. Like, you're fine, you know? So as soon as I came to, it, it's different because I had this referee in my face, an arena with, like, 8,000 people in it. And I was trying to jump to my feet, like, oh, I'm in a fight, man, get out of my way. He's like, no, the fight's over, bro. It's over with. <laughs> no. It's over and, with. And it, and it took me, like, a minute and a half, two minutes to accept what had happened. I was like, there's no way I was winning the fucking fight. I, right. I was beating, look at the guy's face. I was beating his ass. You on the way home. Yeah, he's on the way home. And boom, got caught, man. Bro, so. I so, caught sleeping in the job. So, who's been your toughest opponent, mm. though, fighting? Um, mm. 
I, I can tell you who's giving me the worst ass whooping ever. Oh, my worst mom. ass whooping. W- worst ass mom. whooping is my mom. She yeah. Well, that's double. all of us. We all said that. All of us. We all, all, yeah. all, all took yeah. them yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah, we said it multiples. I don't know why. There, there was times my mom was whooping me when I was a kid that I was like, fuck, is this it the right moms. here? <laughs> is this it? It's over with. It's, damn, I fucked up. <laughs> because we all, I, I mean, fucked up. I was, a, I was a grandma's boy, so I was shocked. Like, I can't believe this. You do this to me? But yeah, so other than your mom, though, the, the um, toughest or it, every fight like requires a training camp, right? Like whatever time of my life that I spent preparing for that particular fight, you know, and then that training camp of like eight to ten weeks. So some fights is just like was the easiest fight of the. I'll tell you what, the the one that I broke the world record on was one of my most grueling training camps. Mm. I still remember to this day because I, I had to deal with a style that's very different than mine. Somebody doesn't want to do nothing with the striking at all. This guy just wants to wrestle. He just want to grapple. Just grapple. And he's got the endurance and the skill. He was a, a Olympian for the USA, two-time NCAA champion. Not talking about Ben Affleck. Yeah, What's there it? we go. That's him, Ben Asker. So like Ben Affleck? Nah, that, that's the dude <laughs> with Jake Paul flaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he like a good wrestler. Right. Yeah, yeah. That right. Dude, yeah, exactly. That guy. And that guy could wrestle forever and not get tired. He, he's not going to lose his breath. Um, as I explained to you guys before, my, my gift is with the hands. So I want right. to stay away from these guys that could grab me and just tie me up and not let me get to my to my right. good stuff, you know? So the training camp for him was, like, very demanding, you know? Right. It was just fresh guy. And just to give you, like, an idea, like, let's say me, me and you do a round, mm-hmm. and it's five minutes, he'll be taking a break in that so he could come in there and just push me through my and throttle me you know and then after i do that i'm tired and i get my minute break well now you got a six minute break and now huh they're gonna release you on me and now you're gonna go give it everything because that's what's gonna help me for the fight he's getting throttled like that's that crazy yeah. and and your body adapting to that workload to that stress to that fucking make these decisions but got that wheel but that wrestling him he got that wheel like you said earlier which is crazy so you, what you're saying is you knocked out who did you knock out in five seconds ben Ashman. So he was your easiest. He he was the easiest, but like to me, all the fights. There's not like a fight in my mind that I was like, man, that fight. You know, I really got beat up. It's like all of them are like the same, encompassing because they all had a training camp where I fucking, I like had to get my ass like whooped. You know, there's been some fights that the training camp was so amazing. And then I got into the fight, and though the fight was like tough, and I look back at it on video, I was like, man, we were going at it, we were exchanging mm-hmm. blows, and a lot of people were like, man, this was like a tough fight, and I was like, at the at the time though, mentally. It wasn't like that. You know, right. I might have got dropped in the first round, and then I ended up knocking the guy, like, in the third round. But that whole fight, it wasn't like a, like a rough tumble. It was like, man, it was just smooth. You know, like, everything was going my way. And then there's been fights that, that the, the ones that I would say were tough were the guys that just don't want to strike it. I just completely want to just wrestle, hold my leg, sniff my armpits. You know, like, they're not coming <laughs> to fight. And, and when I know I who you're talking about. I don't mean toughest and, like, I'm taking hits and it's like a... Like how we're thinking a fight would be, you know, yeah, like right, two yeah. motherfuckers going mano a mano, trying to kill each other. No, it's more like it's tough because you're doing everything opposite of what a fight is. You're just trying to hold me for dear life as I'm trying to get away and punch your teeth in, you know? Right. So this those is, I would say stylistically, definitely some of the tougher ones. This is crazy, bro. So all the kids who are listening, take note of what he just said, man. Of Really, just every athlete out there, man. Right. Make your training camp the entree. That's going to... That right there is supposed to be the hard part. That's the entree right there. When you get to the 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 uh, what you call it dessert, which is the actual game or mm-hmm. the actual fight, 
that part should be easy. That that part should be good right there. But yeah. the leading up moments to the fight, that should be the hard parts. And it's the same way in football too, though. That's why we go through OTAs. That's why we go through training camps. Those are the hard parts. And when we get to the game, it's like it's easy. Like we know what to do now. We got the game plan. We got the technique. We got the fundamentals. We know what to do. You feel me? Right. What's right. your favorite part about preseason, in season? Right I just like I mean, me, 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 bro. I, I love training camp. You know, like I love to compete. I love I love to go against the best. My my first day at the Dolphins facility when we went to the training camp, I called out the best DB, which is Xavier Howard. I was like, bro, I gotta go and improve you. I gotta go, I gotta go and show you why I'm the best receiver in the league and why they pay me. You feel me? So you, let's come on and line up in front of the whole team, and that's what <laughs> we did. And we already know who won. So, <laughs> yeah, so the, the, I gotta ask. I've asked before, but I just I love the to get different answers. Does it get personal between you guys when you do something like that? Nah, man. Because at the end of the day, like you said, man, like. For you, it's like proving at that moment that uh -huh. I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to prove to you that I'm the best and prove to the world that I'm the best. And for me, like being the leader of this team, I gotta show to the young guys that hey, it's all right, man, to to go against the best players, or it's all right to have a little bit of confrontation, because me and X, like me and him, like one of the like me 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 and him is like one of the like he's like one of my closest teammates on the on the team, which is crazy. Like me and him go out, we have a good time, but when we line up on the field, it's like it's different. Sure. Like I just lose everything. If I gotta block him, block him hard or block him to the ground, I, I do that. But it's all love, baby. Yeah. It's all about getting better. That's right. Iron sharpens iron, so there you go. So the fastest you fastest UFC finishing history, obviously. You knew the guy was trying to grapple the whole fight. How in the hell you selected the flying knee? Bro, strike five seconds, bro. And end that. Like what you you think. want to strike, but did you know he was coming out like I'm gonna take him was, to the ground. I knew that there was a good chance that if I, if I just like surprised him, rushed him, right, and just you got in his face, he, he would go to his instincts. You know, he he and his instincts are to sniff crotches. Like in all honesty, that that's that's what he loves to do. Is he loves to sniff crotches. So I I knew that. Um, this is crazy. Yeah, the, the whole thing I orchestrated in my mind for some time, and yeah, I was in I was. It's like when you're in the NFL and somebody from like some other league that's not even NFL is calling you. Right? Like, bro, I'm not even worried about you. I'm in the NFL, bro. Exactly. Like, I got Leave big things to do here. He was in other minor leagues, always just calling me, and I was like, I, 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 I don't think you'll ever get to this level. But if you do, I'm gonna fucking welcome you. Don't you worry. Right. And sure enough, he gets to the UFC one day, right? So I'm like, bro, I, I gotta do this dude dirty. He's been talking. I'm talking about for like eight, nine years. This guy's been calling me See, out, right? Y'all had beef for a minute. Yeah, a minute. yeah. Oh, just not beef. I was ever just always talking shit on Twitter and this and that. And I'm like, we're in the fight world. It just sucks when we're not in the same promotion because we can't fight. I gotta hear your bullshit or catch a case, you know. So I'm like, if you get you get to this level, we'll, we'll see. And finally, he gets to this level, and. He's a master shit talker, right? I'm not that great on the computer, on Twitter and stuff. I'm more like right here, right now type person. Right. So I, I knew I was going to be fucking with this guy hard. And um, as you see, the fight, the start of the fight, I got my hands behind my back, right? Yeah. So um, that whole week, I was seeing him. And I'd have my hands behind my back and, and run up on him and start fucking with him and talking to him. You know? And I kept showing him, like, hey, it's safe, man. You know, it's no big deal. I got the hands behind the back. It's all good, man, you know? And yeah, I kept playing. popping up on him like that. I seen him one time coming around the corner. He hadn't seen me. I stuck in the corner. And then when I jumped out, 
had my hands behind my back and he spooked out and I'm like, you know, feeling him out. Like, what's up, bro? What's all that shit you were saying on Twitter? No, that's just for promotion, man. It's, I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm like, no, no, you're not. We're going to have a little conversation. I want to, you know, I want to talk to you and stuff right. and like that. And he, and he he's like seeing this thing. So right before the fight, I was like, let me show him, you know, that, hey, man, it's all good, bro. That's what I did was this, you know, and then I started to walk out like this towards him, you know. And that that kind of gave him like I think a reassurance, like, all right, you know, he doesn't know how fast I could take off or not. So right. as soon as I violate his space, he goes for his MO, his thing to do, which is sniff crotches. As soon as he ducks down, boom, rip the knee and, and caught him clean, you know. That's I, crazy. I knew that if I came at it from too far, he could avoid it, you know, because anybody will see if I if I try to cover too much distance with the knee, I had to get him to commit. Right. To going, so you baited him, straight baited him. It's crazy, you know? and he—that's just psychology. He'll never understand that, man. This is but. crazy, man. <laughs> We're crazy. Quickest knockout, five seconds, bro. Five seconds. Five seconds. Fastest dude in the UFC, fastest dude in the NFL. What it's are the, the chances, bro? It's the, it's the perfect, it's the perfect, perfect duo, combination. Listen up, y'all. I want to tell you about my favorite new place to play fantasy sports, Underdog Fantasy. It's the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. They've got support from heavy hitting investors like Kevin Durant, Mark Cuban, the Chainsmokers, and now they're adding me, the Cheetah, to that lineup. Best of all, they're available almost everywhere in the US and Canada, including California, Florida, and Texas. Underdog makes it so easy for you to win up to 20 times your money. You just pick higher or lower on any of the two to five players to build out an entry. Here's who I'm riding with tonight. I got Jimmy Butler over Nikola Jokovic, but I got Jokovic for the high going for 31.5 points a game and Jimmy going 26.5. Man, this app is so easy to work. Sign up today with the promo code Cheetah to match your first deposit up to $100. Don't be late to the fastest growing fantasy sports app on the market. Visit underdogfantasy.com or you can find them in the App Store. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Must be 18 years or older and be present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. What's more American than a bald eagle? The 4th of July is almost here and that means a couple of things. Barbecues and pool parties. And it just so happens the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, or making sure all of the guys across the nation are groomed for the battle on America's birthday. Julius, how you like your manscape? And be real. Me personally, I love it. The package 4.0 is absolutely insane. You got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You got the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. That's for all the older guys to get a lot of hand ideas. They give you a travel goodie bag. So you can hold all your goodies. You ain't got to worry about TSA tripping. That fourth generation trimmer is designed for below the belt but has been known to carve out exquisite 4th of July mullets as well. Would you ever do a mullet? Absolutely, positively, no. I am not Joe Dirt, not happening anytime soon. I would consider wearing a mullet if I played, you know, offensive guard or something. If I was a lineman in the, in the, in the NFL, I would definitely rock a mullet. You feel me? Go into manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with our discount code Cheetah. Who's the toughest fighter? Out of, in your opinion, you fought both of them. Kobe, Covington, and Kamaru Uzma. No, it's it's not even uh, close because um, Co- Kobe's just one. He can't he can't hurt a fly with. He can't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. You know. <laughs> um, Here we go. <laughs> but I will say this: he has insane cardio in the wrestling right. department, and, and he could just hug a guy. For 15 minutes, like nothing happened, and and that's just his saying. He has good technique, then he'll just keep doing that, doing that. But as far as like hurting, no, Kamal, Kamal could, 
he, he can't wrestle offensively to this guy's degree of wrestling, but Kamal's like right under it. But Kamal has a lot better hands. He has more weapons. Kamal could actually hurt a dude. He's way more intelligent overall in the fighting. That's why he's beating Kobe up so easily both times, you know. Um, Kamal is definitely a much, much better well-rounded opponent, you know. Mm -hmm. And now he's getting even better. He lost his last fight via head kick. But up to that point, I saw his hands better than I had ever seen him in any fight. So it's just, it's like weird that on the fight that I was like, man, this is the best I've ever seen him with his hands against another stand-up guy that's not bad. And then he got clipped, but that's a fight game, you know. But Kamal was definitely just overall better than Kobe. Kobe's just a bitch, bro. He's just good at sniffing crotches, bro. But in like an actual it's a bunch fight, of sniffers, bro. Yeah. Fuck. But in actual like fight, fight, you know. But we're gonna have to run it again and you know roll sure. the dice on it again. For sure. That's crazy. Well, I don't got a question like that. I just want to know who your favorite fighter is of all time. Mm. My, my, of all time. Of all time. Um. I grew up watching boxing. Like I said, that was like my first love. Right? right, six, seven years old, I saw it. Holy smokes! And then as I as kept getting deeper into the sport, there was this guy that motivated me a lot. And also because, um, you know, similar like what we were talking about, uh, growing up, maybe it wasn't the easiest or, or whatever the hell. And seeing this guy's story, I was like, I'm I'm a pussy. I'm mm. I'm literally a pussy. This guy has it hard. Like fuck, bro. This guy right here is having it hard, and then he does all of this. He wins all these belts. He's always the fucking underdog. Or as he's going up on weight classes and he's getting older, people are like shrugging him to the side. And and that guy that inspired me, his name is Roberto Manos de Piedra Durán. He's mm. from Panama. He's the first guy to ever beat Sugar Ray Leonard. He beat him for mm. the title at 147 pounds. He came all the way up. Nobody ever thought he was going to beat Sugar Ray because Sugar Ray is Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. Yeah, Sugar Ray is Sugar Ray. Unbeated. Nobody had touched Sugar Ray. And Sugar Ray is one of my, maybe my second favorite fighter of all time. Tie between Ali. So I, I don't really know. So no, nobody thought this guy would beat him, you know, some guy from Panama. And, man, he did it, you know. And then it just his lifestyle, everything. He's one man, of my defeated the fighters. odds. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I got, I got two, two questions uh, for both of y'all. Who's your favorite UFC fighter, other than yourself, obviously? <laughs> Same thing for you, favorite UFC fighter. You can't say him just for the podcast. You can't, right. you can't say him. Favorite UFC fighter outside of yourself all the time. That, that's a hard one because there's a, like a, there's like five, six guys for me that are interchangeable. But you know I know who I'm going to say. I can't. I'm going to say John Jones, bro. He a cold-blooded killer, bro. Bro, like, because, like, bro, like, when he fought DC, bro, like, DC gave me a different perspective on – I mean, I already liked the John Jones, but DC gave me a different perspective, bro. He was like, John Jones is like – He's like a good fighter, but he's like a smart and crafty yeah. fighter too, though. Like he understands how to fight. You feel right. me? Like most people don't know how to fight, but John right. Jones actually knows how to fight. Very you feel me? He was like John Jones had literally just, just rung him, boom, rung him. He was like John Jones' next step was to kick him in his leg to, to get his like equilibrium off. Right. He was like, bro, who thinks of this shit doing like, a the fight? Trip. Like he was like he was like seeing the whole world, and John Jones just finished him. He one of my tops. Um, you finna say Chuck Liddell? <laughs> nah, I used to like Ice Man though. He had a crazy, Chuck he man had a crazy had a right hand, but he did he had a crazy right. Go ahead and say Chuck Liddell, bro. Nah, nah, nah. Y'all gonna laugh at me on this one? Yeah. Finna show our age. I used to love Ken Shamrock, dude. And Shamrock was. Doing I used to love Ken Shamrock. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna laugh? He a Chuck Liddell man, y'all. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Ice Man used to put him to sleep, but I used to love and, Ken Shamrock. And Ice Man was. A, Animal too. He'd do it going backwards. He could hit a guy going right. backwards. Boom. Right. Sleep, sleep. You know? Right. It's another guy in the uh, heavyweight that's good. Not Francis. 
another black guy that I like. Derek. He, yeah, Derek. Derek. What's his name? Derek. Um, yeah, he like he like a comedy Derek dude. Lewis. Like Texas or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Derek yeah. Lewis. I love that dude, bro. And he's, he's the most cool. humble guy too. You meet him, he's just a humble dude all the time, man. And he, he throws fucking bricks at your face. You know, he's coming to so fight. He be throwing man. bombs. Bombs, man. So I just like him because he's funny. Yeah, Bird dude, he's got a lot of knockouts, man. Hot, so he took his shirts off. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> funny as hell. So the, the personas and the personalities associated with the UFC, like, is a lot of it just for promotion or some of this stuff? Like, I really don't like this mother. So I'm finna nah, try the, to break his jaw. I, I want to say I, I want to break everybody's jaw. Like, like yeah. as we talked about earlier, I want to put 50 points on your face. Right. You know? Got to so prove it, bro. The way to do it is by breaking the jaw. Right. You know, for me, man, I, I don't um, I don't really like, besides Kobe's bitch ass, everybody else who I'm cool, you know, anybody else, you know. Um, Kamal's the only man that, that's ever knocked me out of my whole career, 50-something pro fights, and I find like fucking amazing strikers, guys that, that won championships and world championships off striking. Kamal's a wrestler, you know? Right. And it's like something that hurts me forever. Like, man, I got knocked out by this dude. Th right. This is the dude, the wrestling dude got me, bro. Right. Fuck, man. And I, I got no problems with him or any of the other guys. Kobe be, be the only one that I that I can't stand, and that's because he, he crossed lines. And, and like me, a lot of the fighters think like, if you got a wife and kids, it has nothing leave, to do with Leave that out. I can't stand your ass, you know? It has nothing to do with your wife and kids. Right. Nothing to do with your wife and kids. And that's how it should be, bro. So he you brought know? your wife and kids into it? He brought my kids into it, like, numerous times, and my ex-wife and things like that. And I'm like, the lines are drawn in the sand. Like you, For sure. You, and and uh, I'm, like, nine years a senior, eight years a senior. So when he got into the sport, I was already world-established. I had already fought for world championships, right. won some world championships. He was living on my couch for a year, you know. I'm the one that helped him get his foot in the door. He broke whoa, whoa, his hand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all on video. So that's why that's why the pressure like that. We can't we <laughs> Yeah, it's all on video. You can see it on YouTube. We used to be roommates. He was living in my apartment in my couch. I had the sponsors, so back then I was getting like catering companies giving me food and stuff, you know. Hey man, you, you don't got food today. So you Here fed you go, him, clothed him, took him, care of him. It's basically the whole thing, you know. It's basically Creed 2.0. That's yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. and it's all on YouTube. You could like uh put it on YouTube and stuff, and you see like we we had very similar uh tra we trained at the same gym, American Top Team. Right. American Top Team had a recruiting team, and I was like the the guy that would take all the guys out at the nightclubs or the restaurants and show them around and stuff. And and so we we brought in numerous wrestlers and other athletes, and um. And I was the one in charge of taking them all out, hanging out. And then me and him got closer and closer. I used to play poker a lot back then. This guy used to play poker a lot, too. We'd be at the gym the same time. So it's like we we had a very similar, like, rhythms, you know, chasing girls, playing poker in the gym, you know. And that's it, you know. And um, and it was like, Crazy. man, you, you changed up for the dollars. That means I was never your boy, you know. Like, to sell a pay-per-view, you would talk about my kids knowing that, that that's something dear to me. You, you'd talk about any of that, you know. And even my religion and stuff, like, it has nothing to do with that. So I I don't have no problems except with this individual. And most fighters are like me, like, they'll talk shit about each other. I hate you, you hate me, whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's it. But don't, don't bring on my wife, my kids, and they're going to be cool. When we see a lot of these problems that happen outside, it's because motherfuckers touch on, like, certain things like your religion right. or your culture, things like right. that. Like, man, well, man, man. If, if you want to fight, let's fight because we're fighters at the this end of the day, right? We're, we both got a disagreement in right. the in the way you ran it on the professional side. I'll see you on the personal side, you know? This is right. crazy, man. Right. So, so let's jump football. Let's let's jump football for a minute. Mm -hmm. Out of since you were born Miami Dolphins fan, who's your favorite Miami Dolphins player of all time? 
of all time. Shit. Dude, Outside of Dan Marino. Yeah, I was going to say, if I, was, <laughs> if I don't say that, I was going to say that only because of my dad, but my, my favorite, just because, and my boy, he, he would say, he'll know everybody, you know, Juice know. Ricky Williams, dog, what you talking about, boy? <laughs> Ricky Rick, Williams, man. Ricky Williams. Fuck, yeah, yeah, Ricky. All right. Ricky Williams, man, and he kept it true, and he, uh, I feel like he was so true to himself as well, and and the way he carries himself on interviews, I, I've always liked it as well. Oh, me, Ricky, man. And then Ricky's Love. also happens to be a fucking beast on the field, you know, besides yeah. all the shit that I said, like, man, that yeah. dude was fast, strong, you fucking, you run into him, it's like you ran into a wall, I like Ricky. Seriously, though. So, the, the, the sports, obviously... We are right, better than you. The Miami sports, and Miami isn't better than you. Uh, what are you? What's the importance of bringing things back to Miami? Like I know, I know, you you're a Dolphin now. Um, you bringing UFC back to Miami. Uh, how significant is that to put on for the city and make sure the city is represented properly? Both of you guys. Um, I mean, for in in my particular case, the UFC hasn't been here for twenty years, and it's because of a reason. There's so much going on in Miami, as you guys already know. Like on any yeah. random night, you know, it could be the world's biggest singer, or it could be a, a some nightclub that has a hundred Victoria's Secret models. Or it, it's a million things in Miami. So the UFC hasn't come here because they they weren't able to corner this market. Miami's also very last minute. I'm sure you guys know by now. <laughs> People run up to the Heat game and buy the tickets the day of. 20 minutes before the game. It's just the culture of Miami, you know? Yeah. Um, we're very, very last minute. So the UFC was very, very hesitant to come here. They've been trying to come here for like two, three years, but me and the UFC couldn't work it out. Numbers-wise, a couple things, you know, Corona, the whole craziness. So we were talking, we've been talking for like six to eight months and um, about this. Uh, we finally made it work, you know? Mm -hmm. They offered me a deal I couldn't refuse, you know? And I was like, okay, I'll literally give you the city because it, it's my up. city, you know. Right. And then sign me up. Do you feel it as well to represent the three o the trio five? The trio five. The trio five. Prop. Well, for me, man, I also got family here too, though. You know, mm -hmm. so I used to come here as a kid a lot, and you know, just like Jorge say, man, there are plenty of things to do in Miami, but you know, everybody loves football. Oh, yeah. You right. know, so right. why? not us you know right. why not bring something special here that involves football right you know so my choice really for coming here was to really just be a part of something special and be something a part of something that nobody has never done not even dan marino right you feel me right. shout out to coach dan marino because he is our coach but just being able to win a super bowl you know and bring a super bowl parade here man like talk about how special that Ooh. would be for the city Ooh. and people would be like you know what we're not going to live. We're going to see the Miami Dolphins play. Yeah. Right. You feel me? Right. Or we're not going to Story of Mr. Yeah. Jones. We're going to see Tua slang that rock to Jalen Waddle this right. Sunday, bro. Right. Huh? 100%. We're going to Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday, bro. We ain't right. going to live. Right. That's where we going, Hard Rock Stadium. Right. To see them boys. So just being a part of that, man. Y'all know what time it is? Y'all know what time know it is. Are you ready for these 10 random yes, questions? Bro. They could be wild. These could Let's be. Go. Wild questions. Rapid, rapid. Whatever you think of. Who would you rather fight? A bear, a gator, or a shark? Gator. I got the gator all day. Easy. <laughs> Which one would you prefer? Have no nose, but have a real good smelling fingers, or be blind, but have really nice smile? 
who generate these I, I questions? Take the, I, I take the new nose, man. I wear one of them face masks or something like it's corona season. They may want his fingers smelling good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you take 500K or dinner with Jay-Z? Mm. 500K. I love Jay-Z, you the man and all, but man. <laughs> you wouldn't go to dinner with Jay-Z? I would, man, but 500K, what? I want the money. <laughs> which, if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? The rudest? Yeah, like the meanest, the rudest. Like talk the most shit. Obviously Kobe, right? <laughs> man, that's a good one. I don't know who generated these questions. I can see a pig talking mad shit. Oh, for sure. Just being a pig about it. Just talking shit all day long. Going, 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 going. If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? What? What? Uh, Nut of butter? That man on something else. Okay. Last question. If Mm. you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Oh, easy. Beat the fucking shit out of somebody. Very <laughs> <laughs> aggressive. That's crazy, man. But appreciate you coming through, man. Definitely, it's all love, sir. man. Shout out to you. Anytime, fellas. And shout out to the Dolphins, man. Uh, I want to say this. Um, fuck, man. Dogs, bro. You know, I, I, I went out there at the beginning, right in the preseason. Coach told me this team, we're, we're going to go far. We're going to at least minimum, he told me. Make it to the playoffs, bro. And it was like the best season we had in a long time. And um, I, ju- just something that I, I like, it, maybe because I'm a fighter more, mm-hmm. is that I, you know, if a team is good and awesome and like they're good front runners, that's awesome. But I like a team that can fight, man. I like a team yeah. that when they get hit and they get dropped, they wake up and they're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I got two more quarters to put these balls in the fucking bam, you know? Yeah. And that's what I feel like the Dolphins right now is more encompassing than everything. More dog spirit than, than anything else. We got you with your crazy talent and we got a lot of guys in the talent, but you and everybody on there has got more heart, more more dog that that I think every other team and I know that this year coming up, we're gonna do some shit for Miami, man. The dog is gonna be out set loose, man. Easy, so, bro. Yes, that's too. crazy. That's crazy that you bring that point up, man. Before we go, like but it's true, but, but, it's, but, and you guys showed true. it in the last game, just being bro. fucking dogs, just not taking no for an answer. You like, gotta, fuck it, bro. It might not it, be bro. our night, but we're coming with everything we got. You, you know? got to have it, man. No matter if you're down 40 to 0, 15 to 14, And it's you the same have thing it. when you guys are up, too. I love that. I hate when teams get up and they're ready, like, oh, yeah, we're up. We're going to – you guys are up, and it's the dog is still coming out. We're still trying to fucking score another touchdown. Still trying fucking to break your another, face. Yeah. Yes. Trying to break your face. And then what you say? It got to. Got to put up 50 points by got breaking to. his face, man. You know, we definitely appreciate it, man, the, the vulnerability, right? You know, a lot of people know you, but they don't know the story of your father escaping Cuba, right? They don't know the situation with your mom or your dad uh, being in the military, right? They don't know what made game bread. They see the fights. They see the interviews. But the your ability and your willingness to just open up and share that with us, we definitely appreciate it, man. It's almost like this This is definitely an underdog show to, also, where, to where people are able to have a safe space, be vulnerable, and say what, say the shit that just oh, yeah. needs to be said so people know, like, hey, we we underdogs, but we're not victims. No, so not we, victims. We, you you definitely going to have to deal with us no matter what facet, what position, whether it's NFL, uh, a UFC, MMA fighter, bare knuckle. I'm going to call you a champ because I've seen the YouTube fights. Or an attorney, our upbringing, 
brought us to the world today. Yes, sir. The person that they know today, the character integrity. And, and I love what you just said about not being a victim because they, they no, now I'm more not. than ever, they want us to be a victim. Yeah, and bro, just like, like yeah, not. I couldn't do it because, you know, whatever. Yeah, I ain't going to no. never be no victim now. No, right. ain't no victim. I'll right. make a victim. Right. I'll make them a victim. Say, yeah, I'll make a victim. No, <laughs> I'm no victim. But that ain't just saying it. Very much so. We I, appreciate you, man. Yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate it. Thank you for coming through. We're going to end with that. Another show is complete, man. God bless. Yeah, that, y'all.